Good morning, Vision. We are in a new month. Yay! I know, right? November, woo! A new month, new monthly theme. I love it. Remember, those monthly themes are coordinated with the Science of Mind magazines monthly theme. So if you want to learn more or read more about the theme for the month or the topic, pick up a Science Mind magazine in the bookstore because they, they are coordinated. So the, the theme for November is lead with mindfulness. Lead with mindfulness. And so what does that mean? <laughs> what are we talking about? Lead with mindfulness. It's really staying in the present, isn't it? Staying in the present moment when with ourselves or, when, or with anyone else. It's owning our own emotions, owning our own feelings in our situations. It's taking those purposeful pauses before we respond or react, right, to anyone or to any situation. Remember the gap we talked about that, I think, several months ago, the gap, God's area of preparation, right? Taking that moment to... Inhale, exhale, gather our thoughts just so that we can be purposeful and in the moment when responding to someone else. Making meditation part of our daily routine, right? Practicing compassion with ourselves and with others. These are the things that um, we practice. These are the things that are practiced by mindful leaders, right? This is the way to be in leadership, mindfully in leadership. And, and here's something to know. We are all leaders, right? We are all leaders in our own lives. We are all leaders in our own lives. So these are things that we are all doing, or we can all do, to be mindful leaders, right? Remember, there are people around you there are friends, there are relatives, there are people around you, coworkers looking to you as their inspiration, right? They're looking to you as, as someone they aspire to be, an improved version of themselves. So no matter who you are, you are a leader in, in, in your circle, right? You may not be somebody's boss, or you may not head up a company or run an organization, but you are a leader to someone, right? You are an inspiration to someone. You are, you are looked upon as, uh, by someone who wants to become that which you already are. So you really are a leader, so it's incumbent upon all of us to practice mindful leadership. And today's talk is minding our business, <laughs> Minding our business. Okay, so in the traditional way, right? Mind your own business. <laughs> That's kind of the way you hear it, right? Mind your own business. Okay, so it can be that. It can be being mindful of our own business. And then it's also remembering or being mindful of whose business we're in when we are in it. Okay? Byron Katie, who is a, a, a wonderful, she's a motivational speaker, and she's an author of The Work, if you're familiar with Byron Katie's. Okay, it's a system of inquiry to transform our lives. And she defines three kinds of business that we can be in. Ours, someone else's, and God's. 
right? Three kinds of business. There is your business, there is someone else's business, and then there is God's business. And so we know when we're in our own business, really, don't we? We know when we're in our own, making our own decisions, thinking about what we should or should not do next, uh, making plans for the next steps, daydreaming, imagining, visioning, setting our intentions. We know when we're in our own business, right? We're, we're thinking about our lives, our relationships, our jobs, our careers, whatever. And we're making plans or we're setting goals. We know when we're in our own business. And we also know when we're in someone else's. <laughs> really, honestly, don't we? You know, you know what they should do, right? You know what they should do. Oh, my God, did you hear about Jim Bob? Well, if you didn't, let me tell you. <laughs> You know, we know when we're in other people's business. Well, let me fill you in. Or, you know, if he would only, then, you know, his life would go better. Or if she was, you know, she would be so cute if she would just, you know, whatever, whatever, right? We know when we're in other people's business. We're talking about them. You know, and, and here's funny. Eleanor Roosevelt said this. She said, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. So we know, right? We know when we are kind of in our small-mindedness. <laughs> we, you know, and, and there's a variety of reasons we do it, isn't there? There are a variety of reasons. Um, Illuminita Soviak listed, actually she listed a whole bunch of reasons why we get into other people's business. But I just wanted to go over some of the biggies, right? We get into other people's business because we know better. <laughs> That's like the number one, right? We honestly think we are right about somebody else's business, right? Well, we're right and the rest of the world is wrong. You know, if I only ruled the world, you know, things would just run so much smoother, right? And we think we're helping. We think we're helping. Meanwhile, we don't know what's, what, what is inside their consciousness. We don't know what their, their life is like and their mind is like and their internal struggles are. But we know better. So that's why we get into other people's business. And, and Jonathan, who he said, mind your own business. What your neighbor does within the law is none of your concern. Except that, accept, with an A, accept that behavior is not evil simply because it's different. I love that, right? Just let it be, you know? Okay, the number two reason we get involved in other people's business, we have nothing better to do. It's just as easy. We are so bored with our own lives, and yours, frankly, looks so much more interesting. <laughs> I want to get involved in your business, right? I want to go over there and get involved in someone else's business. And Eric Hoffer said, a man is likely to mind his own business when it's worth minding. Isn't that lovely? When it is not, he takes his mind off his own meaningless affairs by minding other people's business. Okay, so that's another reason. She went on to say, we get involved in other people's business because we have lost purpose for our own lives. And that's really sad. We have lost purpose for our own lives. And so we need a new meaning for life. So we need to go within. We need to do our own work, right? But instead of doing that, we kind of go over here because, you know, again, gives us something to do and we don't feel like we have anything to do. Other things, other reasons why we get involved in other people's business. We're unhappy. We're unhappy. So what better way to, to make somebody else happy? 
you know, or to occupy ourselves with somebody else's business because we're unhappy, we're unfulfilled, we don't like our own lives. So instead of trying to fix that, we'll go fix somebody else's. Or we're lonely. Good way to, you know, cure loneliness is get involved in someone else's stuff. Or we feel unworthy. Or we don't want to look, right? We don't want to look. Another reason why we get involved in other people's business, and this is a biggie out in the world, is we're trying to save you. <laughs> Do you ever try to get anybody, anybody get, you know, saved from somebody? Yeah, yeah, they want to save us. They want to save us from whatever they think you need saving from, whatever that happens to be, abortion, same-sex marriage, uh, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're going to be saved, right, by them. You know, Betty White said, I don't know how people can get so anti-something. Mind your own business, take care of your own affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. Easy. Just easy. Stay in your own lane. Keep your eyes on your own paper. I mean, all those things we learned when we were children, right? Now, here's another reason we get involved in other people's business, and it's kind of an interesting one. We get involved in other people's business sometimes because we're asking for help. And that's kind of a subtle thing, and you don't think of it that much. But sometimes helping someone else is a way that we are reaching out for healing of our own wounds. And, and, and helping and relating to someone else is a way, a roundabout way, that we're asking for help with our own without asking for help, right? Makes sense? And finally, the reason why we get involved in other people's business is because we're afraid. We're afraid to look at the darkness of our own shadow nature, of our own stuff. And so instead, we look outside and we decide to help other people right? We go into other people's challenges. And I think this is the biggest one in, in many cases. If we had the courage to look into the dark places of our own lives, the basement, right? And do our own shadow work. If we were to shine the light on our own lives and our own behaviors and heal ourselves, this, this is where the work always needs to be done to begin with, isn't it? This is always where we need to do the work. The only person we really can fix is ourselves, right? It is the only place that change can be made. And it's the only place we can do the work. And it is, and it is only now in the present moment that the work can be done. Right? So we talked about our business. That's our business. We talked about other people's business. We love getting into other people's business. And then the only other place, according to Byron Katie, that we can find ourselves is in God's business. And that's an interesting place to be. <laughs> if we are concerned about the weather, or about earthquakes, or about hurricanes, or floods, or asteroids, or meteors passing by the planet, we are in God's business, aren't we? I don't know about you, but anybody that stays up at night worrying about the weather is in God's business. And does it actually change the weather? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's not going to change the weather, right? We're in God's business when we're in the weather. So if you're in other people's business, and there was a whole list of reasons why we are, 
Or if we're in God's business, who's minding yours? Good question, right? If you're in someone else's business or you're in God's business, who's minding yours? Because if you're not minding your business, if you're off in somebody else's, who's home? Right? Who's home? Edmund Miabaka said, to be busy minding other people's business is to leave one's personal business unattended to. Unattended to. And if your business is unattended to, whoever or whatever is minding your business may not have your best interests at heart. It's just that simple. It's usually race consciousness, isn't it? It's usually human race consciousness, the prevailing thought that's blowing through, whatever it is. That's what's making your decisions for you. That's what's minding your business. That's what's outpicturing in your life because you're busy over here doing something else with somebody else and not even paying attention to your own life. Human race consciousness, right? You're off solving your coworker's love life, usually around the water cooler. But you're, out, you're solving your coworker's love life, right? Who's minding your business? Well, human race consciousness is. And what does human race consciousness usually say about love relationships, right? What's blowing through universal subjective mind right now about love relationships? Well, how about Brett Michaels, love sucks? How about Roy Orbison, crying over you, right? All those, Johnny Cash is hurt, the Beatles yesterday. Phil Collins, I wish it would rain down, oh, you know? It's like, get the Velcro and stick the hand right here. Harry Nielsen, without you, right? Oh, I can't forget, you know, please. You know, think about all of this stuff. And it's all sad, sad love songs. That's what's flowing through human race consciousness about your love life, right? All those sad love songs. That's what's blowing through human race consciousness, informing you what? Love ends badly, right? That's what's happening. And so, so, so <laughs> that's what's minding your business while you're off doing something else with someone else or with God, right? Is that what you want running your business? Human race consciousness, that racial, you know, that human race thought of whatever is popular and whatever is going through, whatever is blowing across. We don't face our own challenges, our own lives. We don't make positive changes when we're off trying to fix other people when we're off minding other people's businesses. We don't face our own challenges and solve our own challenges when we're getting involved in everybody else's challenge. We become experts at fixing other people, and yet we avoid our own, right? We avoid our own. Getting involved in other people's business really is a way of avoiding our own, our own lives addressing those things that we really want addressing, improving those areas we really do want to improve, transforming those areas we really want transformation in. So the question we have to ask is, what is, a, what is there to fear over there? What is there to fear that we, that we, in the shadow, 
that we don't want to look at. So we'll go, we'll go get ourselves involved in someone else's business. So I go back to Byron Katie's work. And she said, you have to ask yourself several questions. You have to ask yourself, why am I in their business? Why am I in their business? Did they ask me for my advice? That's another one, right? Did they ask me for my advice? And I think the Buddha says you have to ask three times, and even then, hesitate before you say anything, right? Did they ask me for my advice? And more importantly, she said, can I take the advice I am offering and apply it to my own life? Mm -hmm. Can I take the advice I'm offering and apply it to my own life? How do I solve the problem, the challenge of my own sense of lack and limitation? Because that's really what it is, isn't it? It's limited thinking when it comes down to our own lives. And we are mirrors for each other all the time, right? We're sending out a frequency. We're sending out a vibration. We're like little radios, right? And we transmit and we receive. So we're sending out frequencies and vibrations all the time. And what we're getting back is we're getting mirror images back for things that we really need to look at, that we've been broadcasting ourselves. So when we get something in our, in our uh, atmosphere, right, about love life, oh, well, it's time to look at my own, right? And I try to fix theirs, but hmm, there's something up there for me to see. We are mirrors for each other. And what we see in other people's lives, we can address in our own. We can apply to our own situations. What is hidden needs the light. And sometimes we get that light by inviting someone else to say it to us, right? You know, when we do, um, when we talk about practitioner training, we talk about deep calling unto deep, right, and deep answering. And isn't that the exchange that you are in when you are with someone else? There's just an exchange of energy there, deep calls unto deep and deep answers. So when I'm getting feedback from someone else, that's what it is. It's that mirror experience. So I can look at it and say, well, where do I apply that in my own life? And Ernest Holmes said, every moment that a man is unhappy and unexpressed, he's tearing down his personality, he or she. Remember, this was written back in the 30s. The moment he becomes inwardly contented, he begins to build it back up again. <sighs> the will of God is toward the more abundant life because that life expresses God. And that's really what we want to do. We want to be that expression in the world. We want to be that fully self-actualized, healed, whole expression in the world. And we do that by looking at our own shadow nature, not trying to fix stuff over here. We do it by transforming our own lives. Our path to wholeness resides in truth instead of narratives. We don't have to be involved in the stories. Ours are somebody else's. We don't have to be involved in the story. When we address our own lives at the level of truth, our answers may change our circumstances, and that may be part of the challenge because changing the circumstances brings us into the unknown, doesn't it? Like, I know myself. I know what I do. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. But when I begin to look within and when I begin to shine the light on those unhealed places, when I begin to address the shadow and transform it, my life changes. My circumstances change into the unknown. 
And how am I going to even know myself? How's anybody else going to know me? What's going to happen? And I think that's the scary part. Sometimes we're afraid of our own healing because we don't think we'll recognize ourselves or anybody else or anybody will recognize us, right? And that is the scary part. But that's where the work needs to be done within ourselves. The work initially needs to be done within ourselves. We need to reveal that stuff. We need to heal that stuff. We need to address, to mind our own business, right? Mind our own business, not theirs. Remember, not my circus, not my monkeys. Really, not my circus, not my monkeys. Let that be, you know? And, and, and it's the bravest thing we can do sometimes, isn't it? To just say, wow, gee, that's an interesting place you found yourself. <laughs> and that's it, and not offer advice, and not, not you know, put, our, put ourselves into the picture when we don't belong there. When we focus on our own challenges and we address them, we improve our own lives. We meditate, we pray, we set intentions, and over time, what happens? Our lives change, right? Remember at the beginning I said, whose life has not been changed, right? Whose life has been changed by this philosophy? Almost everybody in the room. Our lives have changed because of this philosophy. And it's a wonderful thing, and it's a great thing, and it's a terrific thing to be more self-actualized, to be more authentically you than ever before, to let that God self shine out, Right? But there you are around the water cooler, and the water cooler is a transit, you know, it's a, it's a traditional thing, right, in, at work, <sighs> where everybody's complaining, right, not bragging. What do they do around the water cooler? They complain about their lives. They complain about their situations. They complain about their significant other. They complain about their kids. They complain about things. Nobody wants to hear your good stuff. <laughs> well, we do here right? <laughs> we do here. We want to hear your good stuff, but nobody around the water cooler wants to hear it. And you come in there and you're like, my life is working. I love my life. Oh my gosh, things have changed. Things are great. Oh, I'm manifesting stuff all over the place. I'm living a wonderful life. Meanwhile, misery loves company, right? And so you become persona non grata, you know? Oh God, don't talk to her. That's little Susie Sunshine. Because your life is working, because your life is transforming, because you are applying these spiritual principles to your life, and things are changing. You are the light. You are the light. You are leading with mindfulness. You are becoming someone else's idea of what they want to be. And that's, and that's what we're all on the path to do, right, is to be this fully self-actualized life. Ernest Holmes said, we are in partnership with the infinite mind, and the name of this partnership is God and company. Yeah, guess which one you are, <laughs> right? God and company. God standing for the supreme intelligence, the universal creative order, the dynamic law, and the all perfect presence. This is God, the senior partner. We are the company. We are the company. This is what we were born for. Remember, remember when I said earlier that we, we must not be in God's business, right? We must not be in God's business. And you know what God's business is? God's business is the how, God's business is the how. We are here to speak our own truth, to be the light 
right? To stand in the truth, to speak only truth, to see only truth, to do only truth. We are here to reveal the truth as, as only we can because we're individualized expressions and leave the how up to God. In John 18, 37, it says, to this end, I was born. And for this cause, I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. That's what we're here to do. That's our business, to bear witness to the truth, to stay in the truth and never abandon it for anything. Or as Holmes said, if the truth is all, it must be everywhere. And being all, there's no other substance to divide it with. Being undivided, it is everywhere equally present. All truth, which means all power, must be present at all points or at any given point and at any and all time. It is our business to be in the truth, to speak truth, to know truth, to reside in truth. Right? Instead, we should stay out of other people's business, stay out of God's business. But ultimately, we are God's business, really, aren't we? We are God's business. We are part of that God and company, and we are the company, right? And Ernest Holmes said, we are part of that. But it's our job to stay out of the how. Ernest said, when we are certain that things in which we are interested in are constructive, we should go ahead with complete assurance of success. The only power that there is, is with us. There is no power in the universe opposed to us. We are God and company. That is the only truth that there is. We stay in our truth. Our business is to stay in the truth, to speak the truth, to know only truth for ourselves and for others. Right? And for others. That is minding our business. Thank you so much. Patty, patty, patty. Smoking. <laughs>